1: It is Wednesday night. You know what that means. You're live with us here on Wrestling Inc. after AEW Dynamite to talk all the things going on here in the wrestling world. I am Justin Lamar Company from Pittsburgh, PA. Up north of the border in Toronto, he is former WWE referee of over 20 years, Mr. Jimmy Corderas, and down south in beautiful Puerto Rico, it is our resident NYC Demon Diva, Isa. Issa, how are you tonight?
2: Um, I'm okay. I'm a little sad over the news that have hit us since last night. It's been tough to kind of like process everything that that we're finding out as it goes. Um, Wrestling has always been a distraction for me when things get rough, so I'm glad that we had somewhat of a distraction right now.
1: Yes. And we will, uh, touch on the new story, uh, with a little more detail and respect in just a moment. Uh, Jimmy, that aside from the wrestling community and mourning today, uh, how, how, how else is everything for you?
3: Well, other than that, I guess it's, it's good. And like Isa said, sometimes, you know, we are a family in this business, you know, like a family outside our physical, uh, relation family, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, it, it is tough when we lose a member of our family, but again, you know that's when we rely on the other members of that family to help us get it through it and that's what we were hoping for tonight on the show
1: yeah uh and a lot of respect uh pate tonight on the show and a lot of respect around the wrestling community of course uh, if you are, are not aware or haven't heard the full story uh, here is the sad news that uh transpired yesterday tuesday evening uh jay briscoe who is a veteran uh pro wrestler one half of the briscoe brothers veteran ring of honor team uh was uh, driving in uh, Laurel, Delaware, and he had his two daughters, 12 and 9 years old, uh, in the car. And uh, according to the Delaware State Police Department, it seemed a vehicle oncoming from oncoming traffic crossed over the line, hitting uh, Jay Briscoe and his family's uh, vehicle head on. Jay Briscoe tragically dying uh, in this car accident, uh, as well as the driver of the other vehicle. Uh, His daughter's uh, did survive the crash. I believe both, uh, undergoing, we're in the hospital as I believe is what the ports are undergoing different, um, uh, operations and, 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 medical attention. So obviously prayers for them as well. Um, just really tragic. I mean, the, 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 other driver, 27 year old, 27 years old, uh, Jay Briscoe, I believe 38 years old, uh, um, just tragic. And, and, and you know, it, this happened and, and, you know, as you guys are just noting, you know, the rest of the community, you know, you, you hate for it to take something like this to bring what can sometimes be a very divisive and mm-hmm. argumentative community to bring them together like this. But everybody, whether they, they are people that share the ring with Jay Briscoe, whether they never had a match with Jay Briscoe or didn't or didn't or, never, or barely knew him, everybody stepping up and, and recognizing the need to support each other and support each other's families and, and what have you. Um, even NXT, Isa, mm-hmm. live on the air last night. Um, and mind you, Jay, the Briscoes were never in NXT. They were never, you know, WWE. you know, but NXT called an audible with what they were going to do content wise um, and addressed the passing and, and, and sent their prayers and condolences. Uh, so this has just been really an emotional 24 hours. And East, I know that you had the chance to have some interactions and experiences with uh, with the man.
2: I did i did i actually got a chance to interview them on Summerslam weekend and i got a chance to have a casual one of those off the record conversations with them uh backstage at the rick flair final match and he was nothing but very kind to me i shared the story earlier on my stream about how i was running around starcast and i was representing Lucia Libre online as media but I'm a one woman show. I don't have a cameraman. So I'm doing everything on my own and I run into them and I'm like, I would love to interview you guys when you don't have fans, you know, waiting to meet you. And then and then I like I'm stumbling on my words and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm so nervous. And he said to me, he's like, why are you nervous? You're just interviewing the two of us. We're nobodies. And I was like, I thought it was so great that he's humbling himself just to like get my nerves to come down. And I was like. Oh, no, you're somebody. Uh, And and that just goes to show you like the kind of guy that he was where he's just like, yeah, we're nobody. Don't worry. We'll give you an interview. It was and he was so casual about it. So cool. Always very, the the few interactions that I did have with the Briscoes, very kind and gentle, both of them. So it's it's so sad, but I did love that NXT mentioned it. I love that there was a tweet by Triple H, a tweet Mm -hmm. by Shawn Michaels, like Jimmy was mentioning, we come together during this. This shouldn't be what brings us together, but there's nothing better than just seeing that all the kayfabe and the fourth wall and the forbidden doors, none of that exists when it's this tragic. And I did appreciate WWE doing that.
1: Yeah, Jimmy, uh so many people noting how much of a family man he was and and yeah. and and again that makes it all the you know, and then you, you hear that and and then, and then you hear that his daughters are in the car. Um yeah, I don't know, what else what else can what else is there to say about this?
3: No, it's just it, it is sad, it is tragic and 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 like Issa said it is one of the sad things is is like we are a family but at the same time bringing us all together something like this. Mm-hmm it's sad that this has to happen to bring us all together in in this fashion. But at the same time, like you said, uh, he was a great guy. I got to meet him here in Toronto uh, during border wars. And uh, um, I refereed a match on that show and it wasn't their match, unfortunately, but uh, I I got a nice warm reception from the hometown crowd. This was after my stint in WWE. So, And, and when I got to the back, Jay kind of, you know, came over and said, Hey, that was a hell of a pop you got, kid. And I was like, you know, he was just, he was so kind and so, you know, he, he didn't mean it as a joke. He meant that it, you know what I mean? It was like, yeah, yeah. he, he was nothing but kind to me. And, I, you know, he will be sadly missed.
2: I love that you said that, Jimmy, because the way that I was introduced to the Briscoes, it was funny. It was a clip that uh, Nick Hosman played for me during one of our Wrestling Inc. dailies podcast that we used to do. And I saw a promo. And I was immediately captivated, right? Like, he showed me a promo that they did on Twitter. He was like, You gotta watch this. Like, these guys are crazy. And, that's the reason why I was nervous when I approached them because of the way they come off on their promos. So just to mm-hmm. see this nice, warm, kind guy be like, oh, don't be nervous. It's going to be OK when you watch his promos and he's so intense and you're like, should I even walk up to them? Should I not? That's the kind of guy that Jay Briscoe was. That's the best way to describe him, because I love the Briscoe's promos. Every time mm-hmm. that would tweet, I think I'll grab a snack and just hit play and watch those videos. But that is not how he really was. If you ever had a chance to interact with him. And that's what made him so great. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So again, rest in yeah. peace uh, to him and, and thoughts again, continue with his family who are obviously dealing with this horrible tragedy. And again, his daughters who are, who are still uh, seeking uh, critical medical medical attention. So uh, the best yeah. uh, to them. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll try to be as appropriate as we can. We'll try to switch gears and, yeah, uh, and, 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 and as, as what the dynamo supposed to be tonight is a little bit of a tribute to him and just getting back and trying to, uh, entertain uh before we get into aw dynamite just a, a big reminder please 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 if you could if you're a fan of the podcast hit the like button whether you're on youtube now or you're on a different platform or if you're checking out the audio after the fact uh like button but really especially if you leave if you leave a comment or a review if you know if you're whatever if you, whether it's apple podcasts or if it's, it's if it's the youtube if you can leave a comment leave a review leave five stars that does a wonderful thing for the more of those helps get us Higher ranking, we start showing up in more people's searches, more people find it, more sponsors, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of exciting things going on behind the scenes right now with mm-hmm. the podcast. We're looking for a big 2023. I don't want to be too cryptic, but uh, we're excited. But in that, uh, you know, they, they just asked us, make sure we remind you guys, stay engaged. Please uh, send us a comment, send us the likes and, um, and reviews. We really would appreciate that uh, if you are loving this. Whether it's this one, Friday nights, Tuesday nights, Monday nights, all of them. We're pretty much every night of the week at this point. Uh, so please... Show some love to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. All right, let's go ahead and jump into AEW Dynamite Company from Fresno, California tonight, and we kick it off with the All Atlantic Champion, Orange Cassidy, going up against Jay Lethal. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, ballyhoo going on here, Jimmy. As we have, uh, we we have Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt and Double J Jeff Jarrett. They've bought tickets. They're sitting front row. They can't. They can't. They can't touch and do anything to Orange Cassidy, otherwise uh, you know, uh, Sanjay is going to get fired. But then, just after that, Dan Housen's an usher. He's got tickets. He's got seats to clear out because here comes the best friend. So we got kind of a, a whole hoopla going on in the front row. Meanwhile, Orange Cassidy is going to get the win with the orange punch. Mm-hmm. And uh, after the match, uh, both Double J and Satnam Singh trying to get their hands uh, on the opposition, but Sanjay continues to stop them. Uh, mm-hmm. What did you make of this opener? Again, a lot a lot of moving parts happening here. That was the problem I had with it. Like you said, a lot of moving parts. And I th- and I get the story
3: being told that if there is interference from anybody on Sanjay's side, uh, that Sanjay will get fired. So I get that story being told. But there was too much of that taking away from what was actually not a bad match between the two, you know, with Jay Lethal and and Orange Cassidy, despite the fact that. You know I, I get the gimmick but at the same time eh, eh, not my cup of tea but I can get it I I, I understand it I, I I get the thing and yeah again I think it took a little bit away from the match they were having but after the match was over after um you know orange Cassidy gets the win I think we, we needed more gaga afterwards what I don't understand is the match is over so why does a referee have to be there to say hey don't do it because if you do it, you get there's no interference after a match, is there? Mm-hmm. You can't cost anybody a match after the match. So, the, the, uh, you know, a lot of some stuff that didn't make sense afterwards, it looked like just some extracurricular activities just for the sake of having extracurricular
1: activities. Issa, is the story vibing with you?
2: Not at all. Not at all. No, uh, I, I like the match. I thought that the match was great. I, I think I share this with you guys every week, in which I don't like i know i'm not and it's not that i don't like i don't get it's not for me the orange cassidy gimmick but when i see him in the ring i appreciate his work and and i'm never gonna complain about getting a jay Lethal match that being said i didn't feel like anything here made sense and to jimmy's point there was so much going on that i feel like i pay no attention to the match where it's just like you're trying to keep track of everything going on all the people on the outside so it was quite distracting and uh questionable for an opener honestly because it was there was just a lot going on i thought they should have opened with something just more you know normal (laughs) Mm -hmm. i guess i should say
1: yeah and and, in hindsight the next match we're gonna get a few minutes here with the tag match i thought that might have made a a more more sense of an opener especially given you know how valuable that opening segment is to the audience and so i would have thought to have the young bucks and um We'll I, I I
2: actually would have preferred that also because they did the graphic and, and that was it. There was no mention of the tragedy until the end of the show, which I, I, I was wondering how we were going to approach that with Warner. You know, there mm-hmm. was rumors that Warner didn't want the Briscoes in the network. So I was curious about how they were going to handle that. So I think a tag team match to open the show would have been a nice sort of way to to you know, to pay respect without mm-hmm. having to say it
1: well again when we'll get to that match in second, especially in that tag match they there was some the tribute mm-hmm. spots and, and commentary even uh, i think noted it uh to the briscoes so um yeah you know, very very fair point yeah you know first off on this opening what i the one thing i do like i orange cassidy i do it's, it's it's such a unique character nothing quite like him before when when he first came on the scene and i do think he's actually evolving a little bit in little things in terms of like, you can't stay the way he was forever you have to evolve and all that's that's with all characters you know eventually Kane has to talk eventually somebody has to you know funny characters or weird characters always have to grow and I think there's actually little things in Orange Cassidy I like that are evolving to try to help give him a longer shelf life uh for his Orange Cassidy career uh, that said yeah I agree with everything that was said um weird placement with this match to Jimmy's point of of, of his interference after the after the match is done Mm -hmm. Um, you know I kind of look at this you you know and again it's not everybody's in a group pretty much I thought when Double J came over to AEW it was a little bit of a surprise right it wasn't like you know it wasn't like that was like some big watch of Double J's got to be showing up no he was kind of a surprise huge credibility he's wrestled everywhere he's done a lot of things and I thought that had some really good momentum his first few weeks but I feel like that's he's he's already kind of fallen just he's just in there he's just he's just He's the vet in another group. Um, I, I don't know if it's because I don't find Orange Cassidy and the best friends the most threatening opposition to him. I don't know if that's my problem now or what. But I kind of feel like you yeah, have double J, Jeff Jarrett. If, again, if you're going to have him out on TV every week on Dynamite, uh, let's get some more use out of the miles that, that, that he has acquired. And, and that being said, on, on that point,
3: after the match, we had all this aftermath, and the heels didn't get their heat back despite the babyface winning. And that was the opportunity for the heels to get their heat back.
2: And that didn't
1: point. happen good point yeah I, I think if they could have finally got the ref really distracted and j- double j could have snuck in one guitar shot and then and then mm-hmm. booked it out of there right you know
2: right
1: well they haven't given us the pencil so that's, that's the best <laughs> we have to do for our, for our book here
2: maybe the guitar yeah. budget is low here so we can't be breaking them every week maybe we can only break so many guitars some
1: month yeah. uh, i mean <laughs> you know the cons really? got more money the cons yeah. got more money than vince i think they can afford a few more gimmick guitars they're
2: focused on the nfl playoffs right now okay not on yeah. breaking guitars
1: <laughs> well and i was and i a fantastic win last week i have a feeling though as they run into the kansas city this week that they won't have to worry about the playoffs for for, for too much longer agreed we'll see <laughs> we'll see uh but trevor lawrence is pretty fun to watch gotta give him that all right. Up next, we do get the tag team action. This is where we all kind of agree. Maybe this would have been a more appropriate starter for the show for lots of reasons, but it is top flight up against the Young Bucks. Uh, the Young Bucks. Fun little fact that they, the commentary dropped. This is the first time they've had a tag team match. They've of course been in these trio uh, six man mm-hmm. matches for weeks. <laughs> the first tag match they've had since Fighter Fest in the summertime when they lost the titles to uh, Swerve and to Keith Lee. So, <laughs> so this is yeah, kind and of it a makes no sense.
2: It made yeah. no sense to put him in a tag <laughs> match after they just won the trio's title. Absolutely right. zero sense.
3: You you read my mind there. You said you
1: read my <laughs> mind. Well, <laughs> I, I guess the, the AEW's uh, justification was we're going to put out this credible tag team. And, and oh, by the way, it's an attraction because you haven't seen them just as a tag team in so long. And they lost. Mm-hmm. Top Flight gets the upset victory. Uh, I guess, I guess that best of seven just took it out of the books. They just couldn't hang.
3: Yeah, it couldn't, couldn't, couldn't last with the dreaded roll up at the end after hitting all of those big maneuvers. Uh, what a maneuver, you know? It's, oh. it's, and it's <laughs> the other thing too. It's not the only time the dreaded roll up worked again tonight. And and look, I, I get it. It's a young buck style, but having all four men in the ring for such a long time in a tag match just make it a tornado match and get it over right. with.
1: You know what I mean? Just it, it's... I've I've said it before. I I would have no problem if if Tony Khan loves the old ECW. Hmm. Just say you're adopting that rule where there is no such thing as a DQ or or a countout. So therefore, refs every match essentially only need to just pin just, just count pins or watch for submissions. Just make hmm. just make that the thing, and then all of a sudden that kind of like stops a lot of the critiquing of well that that guy was because then it's like well that's right. just that that's just the rules of of, of the AEW universe.
3: Right. Yeah.
1: Lisa, I mean, what, what do you expect now for? I mean, this—that's a big deal. Top flight. I mean, a it win was. On the it,
2: I thought top flight looked great, and it was definitely an offset. I just felt like I liked the way that they booked last week's show, and I felt there was a lot of lack of follow up to what they presented last week, and the things that they kind of followed up on they failed because like i said putting the young bucks here i think the young bucks putting over top flight is incredible and it's a great move on them and the mm-hmm. match was great and he had a lo- a couple of, of spots in honor of the briscoes i loved all of that them losing in a tag match after winning the trio's titles made no sense. But to your point, Justin Labar, when they said, oh, they the best of seven was that taking it out of them. I thought it was a nice save by commentary to like still keep the box looking strong because yes, we just saw them go through hell and back, you know, so, but I like that they're putting over young guys. And I thought that it was a legit surprising win for top five, but I just don't think storyline wise, none of this mm-hmm. made sense.
1: Yeah, I, and I wonder. I, I wonder if it, when when Tony Khan you makes the final call when he signs off on the Bucks losing to Top Flight is does he actually say to the Bucks and the Top Flight does he actually say to them and a the commentary part of the justification we're going to give is the Bucks are just are worn out because it's best of seven or did he just say oh we want we want to start pushing Top Flight Top Flight you're going to get you're going to get a close roll of victory and then and then his commentary sitting there scratching their heads just like we are and is it is it, is it is it good on is it good on excalibur to be able to pull that one out and kind of give some I'm really curious where mm-hmm. the motivations uh, how much motivations are being communicated in terms of what like we're supposed to be taking away from this um, mm-hmm. you know but uh yeah big win though I, uh, for top flight yeah. so we'll it see is. it is mm-hmm. and if they can stay healthy they're they're an extremely entertaining tag team uh, it's just been yeah. I feel like the one of them one has been had a hard time. And and the other thing, too, is, yes, it is a big
3: win for them. But uh, uh, another problem that we ran into more than in this match tonight was the crowd was kind of divided on who they wanted to cheer for. Yes. And that's 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 a little bit of a problem. I I, I get it in the occasional match, but this seems to be a uh, an ongoing issue with Mm -hmm. AEW's booking lately
1: uh larry larry saying uh in, in the chat room AEW is glorified independent wrestling league with money what? uh well i mean yeah. I, I guess it's, <laughs> I, mean, I guess it's i guess it's what, what what your definition of independent wrestling is um right if you're if you're defining independent wrestling as a certain style maybe mm-hmm. if if i mean you know i i don't really think when you're when you're own when you when you when you're backed by a by a billionaire and you have the distribution of TV that you do, that AEW does. I don't really think. I, I don't think that qual- that classifies as independent anymore. I think you're, you're no. just now. It, just the way we look at WWE as a major or as a corporation or as a company. I mean, if AEW is that, but yes, mm-hmm. maybe their style lends themselves to what we have just kind of Associate, know, with, into, associate yeah. Exactly as, associated as an as an indie style, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so,
3: I guess, yeah, about lack of <clears throat> lack of storytelling I guess in the match I, is what he's referring to maybe
1: yeah up next we get the gun club they're out there in the ring uh, jaw jacking and then the acclaimed interrupts them gun club tries to uh, prevent Max Castro from rapping but that's not going to stop Max Castro they get the music to restart and they get the gun club's music to cut uh, Max does his rap which is always a big part of the show a big part of the the live event experience they get in the ring and they kind of have like a a little scuffle for a minute very light uh, light scuffle is really how i'd call this and then billy gunn gets in there daddy Ass gets in and pulls apart all of them uh you know, to his kids he's like i'm sick and tired of you know you spoiled entitled kids and then mm-hmm. turns to the acclaim and says hey you're tag champs start to act like it um proceeds to cut more of a yeah, because promo he was, and always, says,
2: <laughs> he was always such a serious guy i mean mm-hmm. yeah <laughs>
1: right? the guy named daddy ass <laughs> yeah uh, yeah <laughs> Uh, and then he says to his kids, uh, "I got two, you know, for next week. I got two words for you: family therapy." Uh, Isa, is this is this the start of like some long winded, like Daniel Bryan Kane like therapy vignettes we're going to be getting here?
2: Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I'm not. I mean, I I like the idea of of Darius. Uh, being the therapist here but for the ass boys not for the acclaim he's been all along in their shenanigans and he's been enjoying it and he's having the time of his life and then all of a sudden tonight hey listen we're all having a hard time sometimes we all have bad days i'm gonna assume that's what was happening here maybe he was moody Mm -hmm. because it doesn't make sense that he wants to like make them behave but i do think it makes sense for him to try to uh work things out with the gun club and and i i've been liking the gun club recently so i'm excited Mm -hmm. to see where this goes just don't make it going to 10 vignettes about them going to therapy i don't need that a music video yes vignettes no
1: dr shelby is the chat room is reminding me yes (laughs) Got the breakthrough to kane and brian Uh, jimmy what did you make of it this was a very like they made they made a point to give this the the little bit of time they did but it it, it did it it was it was a little awkward at times i don't know it did feel a little awkward, and it's because now you you you're thinking about Billy Gunn. Uh,
3: you know, he's he, yes, he pulled his kids off and he gave chastised them, but he also chastised the guys he's with who are yeah. the acclaimed. So now the seed has been planted. Could we see down the road a tag team title match between the gun club and the acclaimed and Billy pulling the ultimate swerve and siding with family? You know, and that and, would be
1: and, <clears throat> that would be a bold decision for them to do because. Uh-huh. The acclaimed as one of their most overacts. Obviously, I'm, sh- I- I'm-, I'm sure. I don't know for a fact, but I'd have to imagine if Tony Khan revealed the the merch numbers, I gotta mm-hmm. think the <laughs> Scissor Me Daddy ass shirts mm-hmm. are the top three, um, definitely mm-hmm. top five. So that'd be a bold choice if they just if they think if they think it's ran its course and that they would depart from that. Um, but yeah, they ob- oh, it it, it seems like they it seems like they have a plan. It mm-hmm. seems like because they they made a point to want to do this to set up whatever they're gonna do next week, mm-hmm. whether or not they actually have that plan. We'll find out. Uh, thanks to Chad W., who uh, sent a dollar super chat. You forgot to include his comments, Chad, if you <laughs> want, want to send it in here. I'll try to, I'll try to find it and keep an eye mm-hmm. out for it. Um, and Daniel Price, also in the chat room, kind of give an explanation of what he thinks Larry Larry uh, was saying. Uh, saying Larry means con books with a mentality like he's trying to appeal to indie marks while throwing crap at the wall and hoping that it sticks. And it's usually scatterbrain booking.
3: Well, I, uh, I will say this to Dan, uh, to Daniel Bryce. Uh, it, it does seem that he does book to a specific audience as opposed to trying to book to a grander audience. Yes, uh, you can have matches that appeal to that audience you're you're reaching right now, but the idea is to grow your audience mm-hmm. and to grow your audience, you have to start appealing to those outside that group.
1: Yeah, I mean, year over year numbers should be the biggest thing you're watching. Like mm-hmm. if you're not top, if you, if you don't have more, this at the at the time you did last year that that needs to that that has to be the wake up call. That's what I think you have to keep an eye on is that is, is growth or lack thereof. Is that okay? What good is it if you have the same nine hundred thousand people that you know like this style that you you crave, but if you're not getting you know any new eyes on it? Again, as we say that, and as I as we just uh, started to guess what this daddy ass family therapy thing could be, and I and I use a WWE sports entertainment reference from a Doctor Shelby there maybe this is a slice of that pie of let's try to do some, some things that would be more on the sports entertainment side and see if it, you know, and use a veteran face and name, like you know, who knows. So we'll see uh, the year is early here in 2023, but we'll see what kind of stuff uh, AEW does. But uh, I think year over year is absolutely, you know, what they need to be looking at and, and to Jimmy's point And I guess to Larry, Larry's point to an extent, not just book to the same people uh, over and over. um. Trying to see if there's any other uh, chat that we were going to pull up here. <clears throat> I don't think so. All right. <laughs> Guys, it's very busy. Again, chat room, love it. Uh, keep yes. firing it. We love the engagement. Love all that. Again, uh, if you missed the, uh, the the plea earlier, please uh, hit that like button. Especially hit the uh, five-star in the review, You know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you are. You can just take just a second out and just do that. That will mm-hmm. be really great for the podcast as yeah. we are continuing to grow and expand which is awesome uh, we get Renee uh, backstage oh <clears throat> with Hangman and Page. yeah this um, <laughs> so this was kind of like I, I guess the underlying tone was like there was kind of like you know that there's this maybe this mutual respect that's kind of lying there between Paige and,
0: and, and is, that, is that what you got it? out
2: of it because I'm pretty sure Paige is trying to steal Renee's husband that's, what, that's <laughs> the underlying tone I got out of that <laughs>
0: It was kind of like, hey, could you
1: send him this note? Never mind. Never mind.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. He was um, like, hey, Renee, can you tell Mox to check his Snapchat, please? <laughs>
1: wow. Uh, I mean, Issa, I mean, you know, I mean, is, 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 is Hangman sliding into Mox's DMs?
2: Oh, 1,000%. He's been in the DMs. He's been <laughs> in those DMs. <laughs> Listen, I didn't, I, I thought this was very awkward because it wasn't even like an interview. It was the advertised that as, as Hangman talks with Renee. And that's literally what it was. And then they pretended that the talk ended, but then it kept going. And listen, you guys know I always bring up a little bit of fashion here. Renee, my girl, you fail me. I'm sorry. I saw her outfit today, and I thought of my grandma's old couch. The only thing missing from it was the plastic. I didn't like the outfit. And uh, Paige and Mox, possible life sex celebration when they make up. I don't know.
1: Uh, jimmy are you, are you here for the long-term mutual uh respect uh tones that were you know there well i kind of
3: felt that uh th- there was a you know this is a this is a situation where maybe mox sees this this uh backstage interview segment and it kind of turns it into a hey why are you hitting on my wife kind of thing oh
2: no no that's not what gonna i just out of hope that at no,
3: all. no hopefully not but uh I, I didn't know what to make of it. It just felt awkward. You know, it it just, it, it didn't, it didn't feel like it, <laughs> it didn't entice me to want to see a rematch. Let's put it that way.
1: Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. If, if if there was any thought that, oh, we're going to get another uh, brutal fight out of these guys. That did not seem, I did not walk away from this thinking that's, you know, if anything, I'm, I guess I'm waiting for the oddball tag team. <laughs> Boxing, Again, I mean.
3: And it goes back to that, that That thing I said earlier Who does the crowd want to cheer and get behind And who do they want to see get their butts kicked And if he If Hangman was acting nice To Renee and says hey Is John okay Hey here's a message for him when you get home Next time I see him it's going to be worse And Ooh, you know, That
2: would have been good
3: Something anything you know to, to, to fire up the troops so to speak
1: yeah, I, it should be worth noting that uh when kind of when Renee kind of asked Hangman what is next, he was very coy and vague, but he did say maybe about mending some fences. So uh him and the bucks, him and bucks and, and omega. He did allude, um, he
2: did allude that he has some relationships to men, you know, within AEW. <laughs> I like that, I like that tease.
1: Yeah. And, and again, uh to what I just said a second ago about uh with with, with more, maybe let's just get away from it just having to be five star matches and let's dive into some characters some layers some weaknesses some complications if that's you know if if so again i'm I, while the segment was weird it's <laughs> it's weird um i'm not going to trash it because it maybe this is again starting things that like can can lead to other things that then eventually translate into the ring so um <laughs> watch it if it's you like to translating to something <laughs> watch <laughs> it if you like to watch it you get whatever you know is getting some erotica vibes uh <laughs> I, you know everybody's got their own different kind of what was that of lost
3: in translation is
1: yeah. Well, yeah um <laughs> pronouns pal says hangman gonna make it right with cm punk and muffins <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous.
0: that's good that's really good In your busy day-to-day life, the last thing you should need to worry about is home security. That's why I use the Eufy Video Lock. The Eufy Video Lock is a 3-in-1 smart lock, 2K camera, and doorbell. That's three functions to triple your security in one device that's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. And it's not just for security, it's also convenient. With keyless entry, fingerprints unlock the door in less than a second. You can also assign passwords to your family members and see them coming and going with the integrated camera. See who's at your door anytime with the enhanced night vision 2K clear sight and two-way audio. Unlike other brands, The Eufy Video Lock has no monthly fee. It also has an 18-month warranty and customer support on standby 24-7. I love this lock when I'm far from home or receiving a package and I'm laying on the couch and don't feel like getting up. For more information, search for Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can get complete control of your door. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: All right. Up next, we get Jake Hager and his hat uh, in the JAS. Mm-hmm. Heading to the ring as it's going to be Hager versus Ricky Starks. Jericho's mm-hmm. on commentary. Uh, kind of routine here. Uh, you know, Starks and Hangman. Uh, nice, uh, you know, nice contrast and styles and looks. Nothing too long and complicated here. Basically, JAS trying to use the numbers game. Uh, mm-hmm. that fails ultimately, though, as uh, Starks is able to hit the spear and get the win, and then he books it over the barricade and out the arena mm-hmm. with JAS chasing him. Uh, and they, they did set up uh, later in a promo with Jericho. This is going to continue with a tag. I think Daniel Garcia has him. Singles match on Friday on Rampage, and then there's going to be a tag match next week of Jericho and either Garcia or Sammy versus Action Andretti and Ricky mm-hmm. Starks. Um, I think Ricky Starks, Jimmy, this kind of feels like, you know, even dating back to where he had his MJF promo and match, and, you know, of course he lost it. Nobody expected him to win. That definitely elevated him. The promo certainly got a new, uh, uh, you know, a new new, new respect, I would say, for him from the audience. Mm-hmm. But it feels like he's a guy that with his this long trek until we get the next pay-per-view. They're trying to keep momentum. They're trying to keep him featured, but I'm wondering, you know, I wonder if they'll be able to sustain it until we get to a pay-per-view when he has his next real potentially meaningful match.
3: Right. That's the big question. Can they sustain this momentum? I and mean, he is he is gaining momentum, that is for sure. And you know, and that's a lot of it thanks to uh Jericho and the JAS. And they're doing it right, at least in this situation, I think, to get him over with and also have him go over. Because, uh, you know, we, we've said it here how many times before, you can get over without going over. But at some point, you do have to go over to elevate to that next level. And that's what's happening with him right now. But it's just a matter of how long can they sustain this before he gets that opportunity to be in that position where maybe he does face an MJF for the uh, World Heavyweight Championship. But that's going to happen after the Brian Danielson situation.
1: Right. Issa, are you still uh, feeling absolute Ricky Starks?
2: Yes, I feel absolute. I love the spear that he hit on Haggard tonight. And I'm not a big fan of the smaller guy doing the spear, especially on a bigger guy. Same.
1: Same. The camera
2: Same. angle and the way that he came at Hagger it was probably the first time ever I bought a spear finishing, you know, from, from the size differences here. I've always liked the spear coming from the bigger guy. But I will say that was a 10 out of 10 spears. I didn't like that finisher for him. I liked it a lot tonight. I love him running into the crowd. I think he knows that... He's a very organic baby face. People want to cheer for him and he's knowing this and that's what's going to keep that momentum going. If he takes advantage of that connection that he's got with the crowd, he's doing all the right things right now. It's a matter of how long do we keep it going? Let him work his way back up. He already fought MJF. You know, we already moved on from that. He needs to go to the back of the line, literally speaking. So let me let him, you know, work his way back up. I'm happy with how they're booking Ricky Starks.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, look, AEW is starting to develop a, an interesting line of baby faces mm-hmm. that are going to be knocking on MJF's door. Obviously, Brian Danielson right now. Adam Cole came back last week. Mm-hmm. We didn't see him tonight. Ricky Starks is, is of course is not. Why won't
2: we follow up with anything with it last week? <laughs> Justin LaVar? come on. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm, so, I'm so glad you said that. I am a I am a, 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 a stickler with the spear. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And, and I have to be careful because I have a Canadian here in the room. Mm-hmm. And another, another Canadian did a forward in his book. I'll even admit when Ed started doing the spear way back when in his singles okay. career, I wasn't thrilled by it because I'm like, he's a big guy in life, but in pro wrestling, he's not the build that I want right. to see doing a spear. And so that always, I always had to get used to guys and the, the, the transition of guys not built like Goldberg or built like, you know, doing spears. Um, I'm, I'm real, I'm real picky with him. Like I love the way hey, Bobby I, Lashley. Bobby I get-
2: Bobby I,
3: actually has a great spear. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. how I he rolls it. forward. I, yeah, I get exactly what you're saying, but in, in the case of Edge, I have to defend my boy here. Uh, so go ahead. You know, you, you know, he he did it with a lot of oomph. He put everything into it. and It looked like he was throwing his his everything into it, which which at least made it work. You know yeah. what I mean? As as you know, as he got a little bit more forward. I'll get. Obviously, I'll say this for I'll better. say this for
1: Edge too. I'll say this for Edge too. The facials. And the whatever in the corners he'd be doing, the gear, to, to, to pump it up. Good the intensity, yes. <clears throat> the intensity. Uh, I wish they could have
2: Roman Reigns intensity when they do the spear, but they'll
1: get there I was, someday. I was I was waiting for uh for <laughs> I was waiting. uh, uh I, I I I once told Rhino that he has a terrible spear, and this was his response. Meetings. Spencer slay the Rhino, and Rhino
0: oh! Rhino just scored bar, almost out of his shoes!
3: Almost out of the shoes. Almost out of your existence. <laughs> yeah. That was a heck of a spear you took. We should never
2: play that every a... time we get a super chat, you know.
1: Never <laughs> never criticize a spear again. There you go. Never criticize. <laughs> no, that was that's uh it ain't fake. How do
2: you how do you feel afterwards?
1: No, I legit I legit I, I there's a minute. Um I, I had to gas for air a little bit. Yeah. Mm, and I it's either. not and that's not the, and that's not saying like rhino like it's not say it's not like rhino tried to hurt me or do anything whatever he's just a big guy big and guy. as i said to somebody yeah. I'm, like, I'm like there's no avoiding he, he has to hit me he has to touch me there's no avoiding a guy that big moving that quick in that mm-hmm. space that's uh, what she know, said right? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> you know we're, we're in an 18 by 18 ring he's coming at me fast he there is i mean there's just no avoiding yeah,
2: yeah.
3: I know I sometimes yeah yeah sometimes sometimes it, it, there is occasions where sometimes the talent forgets that managers, seconds to the ring, referees, uh well at least some referees aren't in-ring talents. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? And uh, well, uh, somebody should have told Vader that when he headbutted me and chipped my tooth. But anyways.
1: Oh. Oh, you never told that story before. Go ahead. Oh, uh,
3: well it was um I think it was his television debut after the Rumble uh, and he was wrestling Savio Vega. And he, hey, does something. he throws Savio out of the ring and then, you know, I get in him, I get in his face and he grabs me and he headbutts me and he's hanging on. I had that when I had hair back then and he's hanging onto my hair. He won't let me go down and he headbutts me a second time. And I felt it. And I went, you got to be kidding me. And he shoots me out of the ring over where Savio is. And Savio goes, are you okay? Cause I guess he was, what he could see the screen from where he was. And I said, <laughs> no. He says well, he put his arm around. Him. He just said, "Stay here, brother." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, right there. It's fixed now. But
1: yeah, that's so crazy. You know what's crazy is that I remember that. I'm, uh, it was ninety six. Yeah, because uh, you're right. I think because he had just because I remember Vader coming in. Uh, I was always a WWE or WWF guy or kid mm-hmm. or whatever, but I knew you know I, I knew other things going on. I had seen Vader. He's so like hmm. you don't forget seeing Vader on, the, on another wrestling show. And right. so him coming over to WWF, I thought was the biggest deal. And I remember his first match after Rumble being Savio. Yeah,
3: yeah. And,
1: <laughs> and the guy who was too. starting
3: to lose his hair in the back. Yeah. <laughs> but still had the sides where he could hang on to. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to
2: Savio Vega. One of my favorites. Yeah, good dude. I love He's Savio. He's the best. The I love best. The Savio. Savio. I'd, love like to see, the
1: I'd love to see Savio Vega at the Raw 30 next week. That'd be cool.
2: That'd be fun. Right? He's busy with IWA here
1: though. That's awesome.
2: <laughs>
1: an Issa and Savio podcast. That'd be fun. Oh yeah.
2: That would be fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna go approach him. Make that happen. I'm gonna be like till Savio I yeah. have an idea. see Lavar pitched it.
1: I've never met Savio. I I, I don't think I, 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 he's one I'd love to meet. He's be somebody I'd really do. good guy. Really good guy. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Um. Next up, maybe match O the night. Brian Danielson, of course, maybe, has continued... maybe, <laughs> maybe. You know, you know, mm-hmm. you know maybe. <clears throat> Guys know what they're doing, kind of. Uh, yeah. Brian Danielson, in his quest to get to MJF, he's going to continue taking on these opponents week after week, taking on Bandito, and uh, this was a wrestling match. You had some technical wrestling. You had some hard hitting tremendous showing of core strength mm-hmm. um drama is he going to get to the rope people actually uh, some hook and lines there of wondering oh my god is Bandito going to actually get this one on on on, on Brian mm-hmm. Danielson um and I'll also say this we criticize WWE for doing this and I'm glad that AEW doesn't WWE as we always joke about uh Jimmy on Monday nights you, you know when commercials coming it's like they get to right. like this pit stop part of the match mm-hmm. <laughs> at one point AEW tosses the picture in picture the crowd is on their feet fever pitch right as they toss a the picture picture somebody's jumping on the top rope into a springboard i'm like what is going on I go back right. to the, go back to the match yeah um yeah so i mean they they really the intensity they kept it going here uh, finally <laughs> ultimately though brian is going to get the wins uh he's gonna get the win uh, after hitting uh, the flying knee um uh, jimmy the crowd though a little i mean you know ultimately still the, the men shakes hands. There was a ring of honor kind of coat of honor thing, yeah. Brian, at the end, but there was, a, there was a portion of the time where they were firmly more behind bandita than they were. Brian. Yeah. Yeah. It came across on TV
3: that way. That's for darn sure. And there again, uh, I, as much as I enjoyed this match again, I'm thinking of it from, from a, you know, a wrestling business standpoint where you have, you know, two sides of the coin facing each other in the ring. And, you know, next week we're going to get that, which we'll talk about, you know, after this but during this match again the crowd seemed divided and at some t- points looked like they were more on the side of bandito and like you said the you know going into this match i thought to myself well obviously De- uh, brian danielson is going to win because that's the story leading to him versus mjf eventually down the road in the one hour ironman match but at the same time there were a couple of times in the match where they had me where i said oh mm-hmm. i thought they could have been it
1: yeah yeah isa this um you know again it's it's kind of predictable you know brian's going to win but they're they're certainly making the most of uh, him out there
2: yeah i they, they're definitely making the most out of it. He just made Bandito look like a million dollars and the crowd being so behind Bandito, I feel like Bandito walked out like the winner here, even though he took that pin. He looked incredible. The entire crowd is behind him. If you're a casual viewer, Flippin' Channels, you're going to see Daniel Bryan. You might remember him. You're going to stop. Bandido made an impression on you tonight. I love the bilingual crowd. I was here for it. I heard all the shins, uh pop for that. Bryan, every time he comes out in AW Television, looks younger, more refreshed and keeps putting on more incredible matches. You just watched him last week, do something insane. And then he just comes out this week and I'll do that. And, and you're like, what is going on? Like, I think he sold his soul or something for, you know, for the things that he's doing right now, but overall, I love that. They gave it time and they have me paying attention. You said it. I paid attention during the picture in picture, which is something that I rarely ever mm-hmm. do because the match was just non-stop And it has something for everybody, technical, Hardcore, like you know, hard hitting, like you said. I five stars, I loved it,
1: yeah. Uh, and, and to your point, he, he is drinking from the fountain of youth. And it's crazy to think this is a guy that, um, I know <clears throat> what five years ago was told you're never going to wrestle again or you shouldn't wrestle again, six years ago, whatever wow. it was. Um, <laughs> you know, it's... hear
2: me out, maybe he's getting those years back. He's huh?
1: he's doing something. Yeah. But, I mean, I think obviously, we know we know he lives like an uber healthy lifestyle. I think that probably right. helps things um i was
2: let me let me let me stick to my brujeria buru like theories they're much more <laughs> fun <laughs>
1: <laughs> no I, well it's it's pretty straightforward uh you know uh, he he watched he watched the generations before him of guys uh who were very talented but they uh were, they they rode hard and were put away wet and it did mm-hmm. not uh serve them right. Good in the long game it has
3: and also has nothing to do nothing to do with incense and candles so we'll,
1: we'll oh. <laughs> Uh, so post match we get a mjf promo on the mm-hmm. big screen and he basically says that Brian you've been dealing with masked max and watch out because of you're no even if you're a dragon no dragon is a match for the monster behind my mask mm-hmm. so Jimmy what uh, and, and then and then and then a few bits later we would find out that Brian Cage is gonna take on Brian mm-hmm. Damison next week. Right. MJF approaches Brian Cage, throws some money at him, slaps him to get him all riled up and to get some hate motivating him, and says, this money's for you. I don't care if it's a win, loss, or whatever. Break his arm. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you make of, 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 of MJF who's going to start removing a mask and going to a different place?
3: Well, that's what heels do. They tell you stories like that and they make you go, oh, come on, man. You're not that monster you think you are. But uh, they believe that they are this monster. And and MJF is doing it right. He's getting people to go, come on, man. And then you see him later hand that envelope of cash and also saying, this is more cash than you've ever seen in your life. You
2: know. You know so I'm he gave him a good 40 bucks. Not kidding.
3: Not kidding. It's oh, Wow. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah and then and then actually slapped brian cage to Mm -hmm. to i guess to motivate him to get him all riled up for next week could have waited a week because by next week maybe he's you know let it sink in enough where he wants to go after mjf
1: uh isa so again we're going to see brian cage with brian dennison again there's no mystery about who's going to win this um Mm. You know, Brian has to win to keep Brian danison has to win to keep on the path for mjf so I guess now the voyeuristic attraction is to see how much punishment does danison have to take uh is that are, are you hooked for this match then next week because Brian Cage doesn't rack up a lot of W's on matches that matter he just has
0: so. yeah
2: no he well Brian did lose quite a few matches in the beginning of his run with aew but they weren't you know they weren't poorly booked he was just taking a lot of else for a little bit mm-hmm. uh there was a lot of contradiction from njf here <clears throat> maybe it's because i'm a big njf fan but i he called himself a monster and i think you downgraded from the devil to a monster i think calling yourself the devil is more intimidating than calling yourself a monster i didn't like Agreed. him approaching uh brian cage because the first thing that i thought watching him approach the, brian cage with the money is like you had a monster you mess all of that up you have warlock so there was a lot of things that today Took me back to what NJF has been giving us up until this point, and I just had to call out. That's that's what I got out of this out of this uh promo. I feel like he downgraded I, and and he's trying to find a different monster now.
1: I hadn't even thought of the of the devil to the monster thing, but I think that's a great that's a great call <laughs> if we want to get literal about things. Um, right. <laughs> the, the devil's supposed to be the ultimate monster. Um, right. Uh, another thing I'll call out with is if we're going to do this is I couldn't help but um. You know, they, they've they they decided to use, you know, you know now Cage is he's with the, the Prince Nana and, you know, Prince Nana's mm-hmm. gimmick because he's like, you know, rich African, ro- you know, royalty or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, so you walk up and say this is more money than you guys have ever seen. Totally kills the, the rich mm-hmm. African dudes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> gimmick Good point.
2: I unless didn't even think unless, about
1: that. Unless he's trying to
3: say that he's more rich than an African prince. I don't know. <laughs> I, whatever the heck he's know. trying to yeah, but it's interesting. Uh, you know, you just something just struck me. You know, you, you give somebody the pencil. You know what I mean? And and yeah. going into this match next week, what if it were you know where Brian Cage goes out to hurt him, and in the attempt to hurt Daniel Bryan, gets disqualified, causing you know that pain, and and you know MJF goes well, oh MJF comes out and says, you know, hey. You 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 lost the match. He won the match. He says, "Yeah, but I did damage. You wanted damage. You got damage." Well, and, that would, and MJF even
2: I said he I was gonna didn't care say he win. he should say I already got the money, so why would I hurt him anyways? He should have paid him well,
1: after. And MJF <laughs> should have. MJF even said, "I don't care about wins or losses." <clears throat> you know, he just said break his arms. You know, so like that would be That's the a DQ point. thing. The DQ thing is fine, except uh, Jimmy, like it. it Depending on how they do it and what's around it on the show, mm-hmm. we'll be screaming, "Oh, that was a DQ!" But this over here wasn't a DQ earlier, so that's right. of course. You know, well, they teased, they but,
3: did tease a count out tonight too. So, anyways,
1: never mind. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll throw one out. One else out there as we fantasy book here. Um, mm-hmm. So MJF talking about a monster, and you know, you start wondering, like, you know, what else is he going to throw at Brian Danielson? <clears throat> is this been part of the plan the whole time they those try to spin it as such that if they didn't capitalize on Wardlow as the baby face is war is, you know, Wardlow's not been seen right now. Do you leave him away His absence? You know, let, let the people forget about it. Does, does Wardlow resurface and, and is maybe back with NJF at one point. And, and I mean, if you're not going to make Wardlow your top, if you're not gonna run with, with him as a baby face, like, is that something that they could entertain? <laughs>
3: I, I guess it is. Sorry to cut you off there. He I look like okay. you were. Uh, but um, at the end of the day, the only way to salvage uh, Wardlow is not to turn him heel, but to eventually have him get his revenge on MJF while MJF is still champion. Right. That's that's that in my opinion, otherwise, you know, turning him heel looks like a move where, Oh, well, you know, we kind of screwed up on the trying to make him a, you know, big time baby face. So we're just going to make him heal. <laughs>
2: That's yeah. how it would feel to me. Uh, yeah, I I, I just, I'm, I'm still so frustrated with the way the book low his TNT title run and the fact that the last time we saw him on television, he was getting his hair cut and we haven't seen him ever since. Like the whole thing, uh, hopefully when he does come back, he looks, he's going to look good, but I'm I'm going to miss the hair. Uh, <laughs> but I hope that they put him in something. Uh, sorry, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they put him on something significant. I just want to see him on a on a big storyline and gain some of his momentum back. But uh, absence does make the heart grow founder, and not seeing mm-hmm. him might might cause those pops to start coming back because the pops went away towards the end.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be real curious. Talk about booking and booking to indie fans and this and that, mm-hmm. how they book a 60-minute Iron Man match between between Danielson well, and MJ. You got,
3: you got two guys that could take their time and tell a story, so... Uh, I'm, I'm not worried that they can get a good match out there. It's just whether this crowd is going to be into the storytelling, time-consuming, you know, letting things develop and mature in the match. Will they be into that, or do they want to see this fireworks display?
2: Well, the problem, that it's not even a problem, but I've never thought, and MJF is my favorite in AEW, no cap there. I never thought I can't wait to see MJF in an Iron Man match. The man that has to come out of this match looking the best is is, is MJF. Like, he's going to have to work, because we seen Brian in 60 Minutes matches. With Adam Page, that match with Omega was absolutely incredible. They both came to no contest, because they went to the time limit. We know what Brian can do in a 60-minute time limit. So the one that's going to have to work very hard here is going to be MJF. And I don't want to see a lot. I see a point, take your time and tell the story, but I don't want to see a lot of the drawing for the time or like wasting time. Um, So I am very curious about it, but I can tell you that's not a stipulation. That was not top five stipulations I wanted to see MJF be a part of.
1: Yeah. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see. we still got obviously a ways to go. Uh, You know, we got a month and a half until we're going to get there, but we'll keep our eye on that but we'll talk next week about brian cage versus uh brian Dennison if there's any arm breaking if if brian cage truly did earn his money or not Mm -hmm. all right we got tony storm oh it's 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 9 30 it's time for tony storm versus willow nightingale uh prior to that backstage we saw tony storm soraya and hikaru shida they really just kind (laughs) of just shunning shida out uh, yeah, she I, I found that
2: so disrespectful and I gotta tell you, I'm glad that at the end we teased that Soraya heel turned because I'm like, they have not done anything to make her likable since she came back mm-hmm. so just make her <clears> heel <throat> already. When she talked to Sheeta that way, I was like, this is the longest reigning AEW world's Women's champ like, mm-hmm. I have a little mm-hmm. bit of respect, so I didn't like this backstage segment mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, she's shunning Sheeta, and her and Storm are talking about how uh, these AEW homegrowns, they don't know they don't, haven't been where we've been and done what we've done and uh so we get the match uh tony wins with a roll-up <laughs> and <laughs> after the match soraya is attacking after the bell <clears throat> sheet is out there kind of in the middle thing you know kind of caught in the middle ruby runs off tony storm and soraya uh so isa i mean yeah soraya comes over you know formerly known as Paige, coming back she's, she's back in the ring she's had a match um your thoughts on the decision to book her as a heel do you think that was the plan when Tony Khan first signed her, or has there just been some kind of, like, just general reaction to her? You know, because even last week, Britt Baker and company came off more popular with the audience than that's Soraya. What they, so.
2: Because that's what happened from, the, from it's the leftovers of the Soraya and Britt Baker feud. They made Soraya come after the face and the person that built AEW and during that feud I thought that Britt Baker was more sympathetic and more likable than what Soraya was doing and she's the big comeback that people were waiting for so I don't know whether it was planned or not but I don't know that she's come off as likable throughout the entire booking so I do think finally going through with turning her heel is the right decision to make Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't, I just don't, I can't get behind some of the things that she's saying and, and take some shots at the AW homegrown. If they're so bad, then why are you in AW? Take a different opportunity, mm-hmm. right? That's the way that you see it. It feels like we're building Willow Nightingale for something here. We've seen her take a lot, she's had a lot of TV time recently. Her and Ruby Soho killed that Friday on that street fight, so I was happy to see them both again on TV. They followed up on something from Rampage, which again. Counterproductive because people don't watch Rampage, but they did show it. Mm. So um, I'm excited to see what they're building up with them, and I'm glad that they finally just did the heel turn because I just didn't think she was coming mm. off as a likable character.
1: Jimmy, are you a fan in support of Soraya being booked as a heel? Yeah, uh, I I guess. I mean, uh,
3: there was really I, I wasn't invested in this match. Yes, I I get coming off of fr- Friday's Rampage and all the talk about the the match that the the women had there. The way they really left it all out there. Let's put it that way. And, and that's cool. But at the same time, I just didn't feel invested here because it, again, it's the timing as well. Yeah. If you want people to get invested in this match, maybe this match could have started off the show. Maybe this match could have started off the hour, the change over to, to the second hour. It was put in the same spot where it just felt, okay, it's time for the women's match. Here it is. The match before the main event. Whether it's nine twenty-five, nine 930, 9.35. it just felt like this is the time for the women's match.
2: Jimmy, the day yeah, the women a... open open Dynamite, we're gonna do a, a toast. We're gonna take a shot of something when we go on the air, <laughs> mm-hmm. if that ever happens. Hey, I
3: have a, I, I have a, a single barrel malt uh, Jack Daniels. I'll, I'll open it up for that. I was get, G-
1: Jimmy, I w- Jimmy, I was getting ready to ask because I've never shared a drink with you. you you've never you and I've never you, and I was gonna ask if you're taking a shot. What is it? And then I was going to say, I'm going to guess based upon the time you, your time in the business, that you had to be prepared to take a shot of Jack Daniels if given to you by certain people.
0: Because you don't don't turn
1: them down.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't turn it down. And uh, you were right on the money on that one, Lavar. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And I have, like I said, the single barrel one. And I've also got the regular Jack. So, you know,
2: hey. We're ready to go when it happens. We just need it to happen. What are you drinking, Lavar?
1: I'll, I'll shoot. Shot. I'll, I'll shoot whatever's given to me. I, the first yeah. time I ever took a shot with uh, Luke Gallows, uh it was Jack, and yeah. he and and he gargled it. And I said, "I was like, what is that all about?" And he's like, "You gotta learn." He's like, "You know, th- this is a guy who, mm-hmm. you know, uh, w- worked a lot with Taker at a certain point." Uh, and, <laughs> and, and, and he's like, "You gotta be. You gotta know how to handle your jack. You gotta be able to do it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, saying, my oh my god,
2: god, I saw him when he did the the one that man show. Mm-hmm. And I got to attend it, and he just like sitting there talking for like two hours, just taking shots of Jack like he's nothing. And I'm like, oh, yeah. props to you. I can do that with Bacardi. Give me any rum, and I can do that. But but Jack Daniels, I can't." <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, it's it's the drink of choice in wrestlers' court as well, too. So. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, interesting. Uh, <laughs> Joseph Boza had a funny uh, super chat earlier. He goes, uh, "If fans didn't want Doctor Britt to be champ, so Ray would still be face." I think there's something to do that. I think. For all the additions and all the things that they're trying to do to the women's division in AEW, Britt, who is the homegrown—I know she's homegrown by that definition—I I take offense to right. because she's she's homegrown here in Pittsburgh with us. But I get the term; she's homegrown to the AEW audience as being there from, as an original. Uh, she's had such a she's such a polarizing character. In my mind, people want her, and they have accepted the Jade Cargill project, and it's like that's. That's your thing eventually whenever you feel Jade is ready for it. But I do agree. Britt kind of puts a little bit of a – she's a little bit of an obstacle to everybody else because it's like you're trying to make them choose Soraya over her. And people are like, no, nah, it's it's Britt.
2: Yeah, yeah, especially when you have Soraya come in and try to tell Britt Baker that her experience in the wrestling business doesn't equal to her because she's been through different – through different times and transitions, and it's like it doesn't take away from whatever experience Brit has to get to where she is, and I didn't like the way that I felt like it was disrespectful towards Britt's journey, and I don't think that uh, I, I'm like, how do you not respect a woman who got a college degree? She's a freaking doctor. She's a dentist, and she wrestles just because, because she don't need it. She has a career. Like, there's so much mm-hmm. respect, and I wish maybe she would have gone into the respect. I'm here, and I want to prove myself against the best AEW has to offer. That would have been a face pro, a face mm-hmm. on face, and you could have done it. You could have done it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Two college degrees, and and was doing a whole lot of training uh, as well. She's getting that second right. one. It was pretty crazy. Oh,
2: I got her by one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I got Ooh. three degrees. Thank you very much.
1: Three. <laughs>
2: three. Three. I didn't know you had three. Three. I do.
1: Tremendous. What were they in?
2: Uh, business management, tourism, and computer science. Oh. Wow.
3: That's oh. impressive. There's a three count. I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> there. <laughs> <a three count.
2: laughs> I'm going to clip that.
3: There you
1: go. That's impressive. Uh Jimmy to, to the roll-up finish, Daniel Price earlier because uh, Harris uh, is uh, like, if I see one more damn roll-up, I'm gonna give someone a stern. Like that.
3: there, there you go. We're getting a
2: refing yeah, rent, Daniel. a roll-up mm-hmm. refing rent edition, the triple R. Oh
3: my goodness. <laughs> yeah, see, do, do they not mm. communicate with each other? The you know, like somebody gets a sheet where the what the finishes are, you know. So who's looking this over?
1: Mm. I think that I I, I truly th- I don't know I I truly again I, it goes back to earlier when I questioned mm-hmm. the uh, okay we're gonna have the bucks lose
3: mm-hmm.
1: does Tony communicate <laughs> hey we let's sell the fact that they're exhausted from the best of seven mm-hmm. I don't know I literally he might just say so and so goes over and whether he says you go over def- uh, definitively or you go over after a hard fault twenty minutes he might not even assign the finish <laughs> that they're that right. might be being. That might be getting done by the boys and girls, which then, of course, throws everything for a loop. Because, yeah, you're right, Jim. You don't right. have anybody then I, I agent know, or I producer for the matches.
3: Don't get together and say, uh, "Hey, I, anybody I, I don't doing a roll up? Anybody doing a DDT? Anybody?" Well, not that a DDT is a finish anymore, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I,
1: I don't, I don't know. I, you, I yeah, I, 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 like to, <laughs> you like <laughs> to think that there would be, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. All right, main event time. Um, mm-hmm. TNT champion Darby Allen defending the title in an open challenge to Kushida. <clears throat> of course, Kushida currently with New Japan did a stint in NXT, so you might recognize him there if you're just a <clears throat> uh, an American wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, though, Darby is going to win with an armbar pin. Uh, I love this I have, pin. Some, mm-hmm. I have some thoughts. I'll save it to after you guys. Issa, you start. The pin was different. It's not something you see. You know, we, we talked about how the, the redundancy of the roll up. don't see an arm bar, high leverage pin a lot. Tell me about it.
2: Uh, I like the pin a lot. And like you said, it was different. We're so used to seeing Darby, uh, do, you know, his coffin drop onto a one, two, three match over. I felt this was different and he caught my attention right away. Cause I was like, "Wow, he won the match with that. And it was a cool reversal. There was a lot of cool reversals tonight uh, throughout a lot of the matches, um, When you give criticism you're supposed to start with the good so i think it's awesome that darby is is doing something for the tnt title it felt so irrelevant for so long that to see him defending it here in every show i think it's great okay that's about it Uh, like the match was good the match was good i just i just don't feel invested in this first of all they're open challenges but they're announced ahead of time so it doesn't feel like an open challenge and it just feels like the same main event, like four times in a row. Like, I feel like we mm-hmm. just keep getting Darby in every main event. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're trying to build up to the TNT title, but you couldn't move him around in the car just so every show doesn't feel mm-hmm. the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, do you guys really think he weighs 175 pounds? Because I say 130 max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Darby's
1: <laughs> not 175.
3: No, that's no what they way. announced,
2: him as. That's what no. they announced, him as.
3: I get, I get that in wrestling, they fudge the numbers a little bit. Right? That's a, that's a lot of fudge.
2: You, uh, you want to hear something that, funny? Somebody yeah. in my chat tonight said <laughs> that he weighs, uh, I think they said that he weighs 125, and the extra 50 pounds is from the weight of the depressing society that he carries on his shoulders. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was my favorite comment of the night. <laughs> but I, I will tell
3: you this that if they did announce him, let's say at 150, I would be more impressed that a guy 150 could hang like that. And, and I do like the fact that the announcement. Good point. Did, did put over the fact that he does have a, an amateur wrestling background, which led to to what he was doing in the match. And the match was good in telling a story. They worked the arm, but there were times where Kushida went away from the arm and then had to go back to it. I, I wish, I wish as much as the arm was a story in this match, I wish it was more of a story in this match. And it would have made the, the, uh, the comeback, feel a little
1: better for me anyway mm-hmm. and, and Jimmy to that point the uh the comment we just threw up on the screen here from night one saying Kashida kept Darby grounded more than I expected but he had a solid plan I do like when Darby displays his mat skills when he has to so and that's you know and that is important <clears throat> not only in that story of the match but you know I, I've said in the past too we see Darby do some insane high spot yes. stunts and I say those run your career very on, on a thin, narrow line, and so you, he, I think it's good that he can ha- he has something else that he could do to tell a story and get through a night and, and pick up a paycheck that doesn't involve him, um, you know. And we're,
2: and we're seeing Brian do this, where he's throwing different kinds of, of strategies depending on what opponent he has. I like seeing that from Darby, because I'm used to that. I'm used to, here comes Darby, crazy spot, one, two, three, it's over. <laughs> so you don't remember that he has a amateur wrestling background, and when he busts out this moves, it just looks mm-hmm. better. I thought he was selling the arm very great as well.
3: I love, I love that the announcers called it a highly technical cover. At the
2: end.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, commentary really uh, for a win tonight uh, with a lot yeah, of uh, good aid. The things. Yeah. Um. So a lot positive to talk about there with the main event. <clears throat> I guess my one thing it's just you know uh, my thing I'll throw out here that I, I remember I couldn't help but sit here and think about is that. I understand that that there's a working relationship with New Japan, you know. I understand, and and, and who knows where the tab's at? Meaning, who knows? Okay, um, Tony Khan let Omega go to Wrestle Kingdom, you know. So uh, he has to put a New Japan guy in the main event of Dynamite. I, who I don't know what where the tab's at. So I'm, I'm 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 openly saying I don't know where the tab is at of what Tony has to fulfill. That aside, just from the theory of of the whole concept, oh. Whole, forbidden door concept Mm -hmm. you know i can't help but sit there and think to myself you have this huge roster and it's a story it's it's not just a story amongst analysts and pundits like us hell wrestlers even make little snide comments on social about this you have this huge roster that is fighting for airtime you have some some really amazing talents that don't even make it on you know where's miro you have these talents that don't even make it to tv and you're occupying a main event spot to somebody who's not even one of yours. It's, it's just a loan, just a rental for a night or for, for a week or whatever the case. You know, so I can't help but think, like, it's a bold strategy. Are you mm-hmm. making another sexual reference, rental for a night? No,
2: no, no. I, I've rented, uh, I rented dresses before, and I think that's funny. No, that's why you—that's why you, that's uh, what you made me think about like those dresses yeah. that you rent only
1: wear once and
3: send yeah. them back. Uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the 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 rent a runway deal. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, as far as what you just said there, Justin, that just goes to because their logic is our audience, our core audience, the ones we are playing to, know Kushida, and 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 they're, you know, that's the audience they're booking towards, and they're not thinking outside the box and outside that bubble. And I think that's one of the things they have to start thinking about is thinking outside that, that box or outside that bubble.
1: Yeah. I just, I mean, it's just a bold strategy that like, you know, what, you know, like just what are those guys, What are those guys and girls that aren't being used thinking when it's like, I'm under contract with you and yeah, they're getting paid. So they can only complain. I got so much. They are getting, mm-hmm. you know, a guaranteed check every two weeks, but it's like, you're opting, not this investment. You, you're, you know, you're tied to the, you know, and Tony Khan also, <clears throat> Tony Khan's been a man of the term, terms of, of agreements, meaning he doesn't just cut people whenever he wants, like WWE has. If you have a three-year deal, even if he's done using you and you have six months left in your deal, he's allowed your deal to, to, to run its course and he's continued to pay. It's a, there's some questions business-wise, is it whatever, but it, it is a stand up kind of move to do. Mm-hmm. And I give them props for that. So it's like you have these talents who you're paying any which way already. Mm-hmm. And you're occupying a valuable main event spot to somebody else who you don't have that investment in mm-hmm. financially. I, that that was one thing I had to n- note that I wanted to bring up. But um, yeah. you know, like no, I said, very don't good, know the tab.
3: Very good. Very good and very valid point. That's for sure. And if you want to talk about uh, talent that they have that isn't being used on, on the striped shirt side, uh, why have i not seen mike posey referee a match on dynamite i only see him come out to do the pull aparts mike posey is a decent That's like enough a point. Ref- yeah why is he why isn't he not doing television matches i'm sure you know is he on rampage he's on dark he's a, but he's not on dynamite i don't get
1: it can i <laughs> i i wonder this um jimmy uh mm-hmm. same can be said in the way you know kyoto had like Little cameo reffing for AEW for a minute and Brian like, Hebner and Brian Heber. I and I and I and, 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 and I'm this way I know you know these guys obviously. Uh, cheap plug Jimmy's doing uh, a podcast right now with on with Brian Hebner and also you don't have to you can take the fifth and not answer this if you don't want because I don't want to whatever. But I, it makes me wonder are some of these veteran refs who have been around the block? Uh, Roman agrees, and some of these <laughs> are some of these veteran refs who've been around the block. And who are brought in for you know a little usage, a little little rub, so to speak, in AW? Are they like questioning and trying to point out, hey, from an official standpoint, like, this doesn't quite really make a lot of sense. Let's tighten some things up here, blah blah. blah. And is that not being responded? Is that is that is the boss not being real receptive to that? And is he just kind of? I don't. No, know. What what you,
3: no, I get what you're saying, and I wonder the same thing. And 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 I can't speak for the boss, but I know uh, when he was questioned about the refereeing situation in in AEW on Busted Open by by uh, Bubba slash Bully Ray. Yeah, that he worked. took. Yeah, that didn't go very well at all. And he said, "Well, our audience doesn't care about that. How could you? you come on. Yeah, you know th- th- that's not the response." you know, anyways, I just, it, it didn't sit. Yeah. Long. Your,
1: your audience, doesn't, your audience is not going to grow. Right. Th- that's the, that's the, you know, mm-hmm.
3: uh, and, and don't get me wrong. I, I as much as I value uh, having good referees in the ring, it's not about the referees. The referees help the talent tell their story. As I say all the time, you're a piece to that puzzle, but you are not a focal point. You are not a distraction unless you're meant mm-hmm. to be in the, whatever the story is being told.
0: Well and the
1: ridiculousness to it of of of, of that, that that response that he gave of our audience's a care. It's like you're in the business of storytelling. Good good guy Wait, versus bad. Guy. Yep. Bad bad you 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 need to have good bad guys. Every good thing every every mm-hmm. you got to have good bad guys. There's no it's it's extremely hard to have bad guys if there's no rules to break. If if <sighs> if there's no if there's no punishment for a crime what makes a murderer a bad guy in a movie? Like, you know, it, it, so it's that, that it's just a, when you go to the b- very basics of it, it's just uh, it's an asinine, yeah, mm-hmm. you yep. know, approach, right. Yeah,
3: he doesn't take criticism um. very well, from my understanding. <laughs>
1: mm. <laughs> yeah, Ethan Cruz, maybe the tweet of the night or comment of the night, rather, mm. Miro has had more appearances on Total <gasps> Divas no! than AEW. Oh, wow, somebody tally it up. <clears throat>
3: I think I think that speaks volumes right there.
1: Somebody tally it up. Mm. <laughs> Let's get the stats. <clears throat> All right, that is AEW Dynamite tonight mm-hmm. from Fresno, California, and uh, AEW does of course go off the air on commentary. Just giving uh, again uh, condolences, thoughts, and prayers. Yes, to Jay Briscoe and family. Many of the, the we did not mention it, many of the talent tonight had Black Armands yeah. uh, with his name on it, paying tribute. So, and, and as we alluded to at one point in this show. Uh, in, the, in the tag team match between Top Flight and Young Bucks, there were some Briscoe Brothers uh, spots thrown in there. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you know, not, not to not to end on a down note, but again, just to acknowledge that was, of course, uh, very much recognized tonight mm-hmm. uh, and paying tribute uh, to what has just been a tragic, uh, a tragic moment in, in the pro wrestling community in the last 24 hours. Yes. Uh, all that said, though, thanks to everybody who's been here with us tonight in the mm-hmm. live chat. Again, thank you if you're checking us out. After the fact, again, I push it. Leave a comment. Leave a nice review. You know, maybe, we will start leaving, maybe we'll start reading reviews on, on the air. I don't know. Ooh, cool. Tweet That'll us.
2: That would be great. <laughs>
1: yeah. Let us know where in the world you are. How are you enjoying this podcast? Do you listen live? Do you listen to the archive? Are you cooking? Are you cleaning? Are you driving? Are you ignoring your boss? Are you ignoring your teacher? Are you ignoring your spouse? What are you doing? How do we get you through your day? Would love to know. Issa, give me the cheap plug. Where can people find you right now?
2: Everywhere. I'm trying to take over the world easily Mm. lucha libre online i'm here on wrestling inc on tuesday wednesdays fridays my own youtube nyc demon diva uh also i'm doing a new podcast called tlr tlr on know your news that's on tuesdays and that's it that's it for now oh Oh, and yellow jackets both with glenn rubenstein don't forget Mm.
1: give me give me this give me the deal. what's what's this deal on know your news that sounds fun
2: Oh, that's actually, we just talk about pop culture. It's one of the few things that I do where I'm not talking wrestling at all. It Mm -hmm. always ends up coming back, but it's fun to sit there and talk about the big news going on in the world of pop culture. Mm -hmm. That's on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. on Know Your News.
1: Oh, very fun. Mm -hmm. Very fun. Jimmy, give the plugs.
3: You know, uh, all the social media platforms. I'm here on Monday nights and Wednesday nights. And, uh, you know, uh, you can catch me on my social media platforms, on all of them, doing my and Rant from Monday to Friday and just having a little fun with that. And also now I'm doing uh, the Refin It Up podcast with Brian Hepner and RJ, and we're having a little fun. And this week's topic is Matt Hardy. And we had mm-hmm. John, uh, oh. his co-host, uh, John Alba, on with us, who's a, a Matt Hardy historian. You want to know anything about Matt? John Alba's
2: there. great. He's yeah.
3: great. Yeah.
1: It's got great hair, too, if I'm jealous. Yes. I've yeah, exactly. Wish, mm-hmm. I've always told John I wish I had his hair. Yeah, no <laughs> Very good. Well, uh, thank you to everybody. Of course, you can find me at Justin LaVar across the social medias uh, Monday night, Wednesday night, every week here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Uh, myself, Jimmy, and Jack will be live after the Royal Rumble, so that'll be a big one. Uh, to circle, I circle was join you,
2: but I'm going to be there. Sorry.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh. Maybe, maybe, maybe you can do a little cam. Maybe, maybe we'll give you a little countdown, Rumble Rumblestone. You can do a little run in. Uh, send,
2: send me the link. Send me the link. Uh, you have to wait until we- I go outside of the album because you know the signal in that building is the
1: worst. I, I, I have experience on that one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, for uh, wrestling League podcast on Monday and Wednesday again. Big pay per view at the end of the month. A uh, pre- premium live event. Uh, circle of the calendar there. Friday morning, Spar at the Bar, myself on Busted Open, Sirius XM Channel 156. Don't miss that. It's always fun and good times. Myself, Dave LaGreca, Thunder Rosa, Tommy Dreamer, whoever the hell might be on. Mm. I spar with them all. Uh, Again, like, subscribe, leave the comment, do what you got to do. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. We appreciate it. Uh, Let's stick together. Let's not just let tragedy bring us all together. Let's stick together. Let's be a little kinder. Be a little bit more appreciative. Yes. Uh, of what we have of ourselves and of each other uh, that is my mr rogers uh, bit of advice uh, and request to all of you be safe be good we will talk to you next time have a good night
0: what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co